Welcome to the San Francisco Public Library Commission for February 1st, 2024. The time is 4.30. I'm Margot Schaub and I serve as the Library Commission Affairs Analyst. This meeting is being held in person in the main library CRET auditorium and members of the public can observe the meeting using the Zoom system by following the link in the library's event calendar or by calling 1-877-853-5247 and entering webinar ID number 882 4223-2942. Members of the public who are attending the meeting in person may provide public comment for up to three minutes for each item on the agenda. If we experience any technical issues with Zoom, we will recess and try to address the issue. Please try logging back into Zoom if there are technical problems. Library commissioners in attendance are President Connie Wolf, Vice President Pete Wong, Commissioners Lomax, Ghiraduzzi, Lopez, and Bolander. Thank you very much, and hello and welcome to the February 1st, 2024 meeting of the San Francisco Public Library Commission. To those of us, uh, those of you here in Corette, we are delighted to see you. Thank you for coming. And we are very pleased to welcome our virtual audience via the Zoom platform. We have a full meeting ahead, and we will start with the Ramatush Ohlone land acknowledgement. The area now known as San Francisco is the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatush Ohlone peoples of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the original peoples of this land, the Ramatush Ohlone have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place. We recognize that we benefit from living, working, and learning on their traditional homeland. As uninvited guests, we affirm their sovereign rights as First Peoples and wish to pay our respects to the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatush community. If you have not already done so, all the materials for this meeting are available on the Library Commission web page or here in the back of the Karat Auditorium. Today we have a total of five agenda items and um, we begin with item number one which is general public comment. And just a reminder that um, general public comment um, is for members of the public attending here in Corette. You may address the commission on items of interest to the public that are within the subject matter jurisdiction of the library commission. If you have... <laughs> Bless you. Um, if you have specific items to address pertaining to items on the agenda, you can um, address those at those agenda items. So public comment, general public comment, is now open in correct. Good afternoon, commissioners. My name is Jessica Choi, and I work as a part-time 3610 library assistant in the branches, and I pick up extra hours as a temporary librarian. Last year, my coworkers elected me president of the Library Employees Union chapter of SEIU 10 to 1. For the past few months, my fellow union officers and I have made an effort to visit every SFPL worksite and talk with our colleagues about what they want to see as we go into this next contract bargaining cycle. While our experiences in the library are diverse, one theme has been constant. Library workers insist we can better serve the public when we have full staffing. That means filling current vacancies, but also looking at ways we can expand hours for part-time workers. My coworkers and I constantly search for extra hours so we can try to piece together a full-time job, and many of us work two jobs to be able to do that. 
I encourage you as you consider budget proposals and strategic planning documents to strive for optimal staffing levels so that we can continue to improve and expand our services to the public. The voters of San Francisco, including me, have shown their overwhelming support for funding our department, and we should honor their support with a fully staffed library system. Thank you for your time. Shall I go ahead and start? My name is Ruben Juarez, and I'm a member of Local 1021, which represents hundreds of library workers. Last time we met here in the uh, court auditorium, we reviewed the new strategic priorities, which were literacy champion, cultural amplifier, community catalyzer, thoughtful navigator, resource provider. And then we learned about the internal organizational shifts to deliver on these priorities. It was not instinctive. We just sort of learned together, remember? I want to focus on one of the um, organizational shifts because I think, given the conversations we've had around this issue, that is safety, it needs to move from an organizational shift to a strategic priority which would be number six on the organizational shifts, prioritize the well-being and safety of staff and community while remaining a welcoming place. Now, I remember, um, I think it was Commissioner Mall, and then it was Commissioner Ono, two points. Commissioner Mall brought up the importance of safety and then Commissioner Ono spoke about the fact that whatever these priority, what we're prioritizing will um, affect the funding. So whatever our priorities are here, that's what the money is gonna go to. It's clear that attacks are still happening on patrons and staff. I believe in January alone, there were eight severe level one attacks. Um, you may remember me from 2017 when I came forward to speak about my wife being attacked, my manager being attacked, and another worker here on the first floor being attacked. That was back in 16 and 17, and it's still happening in 2024. So this is a question of priorities, realizing that you commissioners, as you're sitting in your seats, you have this authority. And for us workers, for those of us who come here, and, and speak to this, we're asking for you to consider this and making that shift because that's what it would require when you have your conversations. Because I was sitting back there and taking my notes and writing down all the priorities and trying to understand the, the metric that was being proposed. And they're not intuitive, but they are what they are. And I think we need to emphasize uh, safety in our spaces for our patrons and for our staff. Thank you. Good afternoon, commissioners. My name is Kate Lazarus. I'm on the board of the Friends of the San Francisco Public Library. 
happy to be with you this afternoon, and thank you so much uh, for your service. Um, I'm a native San Franciscan, grew up at the Richmond District branch, and now bringing my kids to the same branch. Uh, generally a positive experience, though my son did recently find the Paw Patrol DVDs somehow. Uh, and surprisingly, my, his grandparents still have a DVD player. Uh, I wanted to just provide an update about a few things going on with friends uh, in the coming weeks and months. Uh, we have the Brown Handler Residency going on. Uh, we're excited to welcome our sixth cohort of writers to this residency, made possible by Lisa Brown and Daniel Handler, a fellow Lowell graduate, I'll note. Uh, and uh, this residency provides studio space for up to 25 writers in San Francisco. If you know anyone who might be interested, please encourage them to apply. Uh, applications close this Sunday. Uh, we're also excited to support the Night of Ideas that's coming up soon, uh, a great collaboration between numerous community organizations at the library, and we'll be hosting the Friends Lounge on the fifth and sixth floor with dancing and music, uh, so please stop by on March 1st. Uh, we also have our Mary Louise Dong breakfast coming up on February 9th, um, which honors those who have included the Friends in their uh, estate planning. Uh, so we're looking forward to celebrating uh, those who are supporting us in such an important way. Um, and finally, a, a note, we're looking forward to the budget discussion uh, this evening. Uh, we're proud of how we support the library and grateful for your efforts to steward uh, our public funds. Thank you very much. Good afternoon, commissioners. I'm Peter Warfield, Executive Director, Library Users Association, Library Users 2004 at yahoo.com, and P.O. Box 170544, San Francisco, California, 94117-0544. I'd appreciate your putting it in and putting it in correctly. Uh, two major points I have for uh, this afternoon. First of all, very briefly, the supervisors, the Board of Supervisors uh, discussed and passed legislation concerning the Ocean View branch. This has not been discussed. This fact of legislation has not been discussed here at all, to my recollection, nor what the library's position might be. In any case, uh, what some people might say sanity uh, ruled, uh, and uh, I understand uh, that they left the choice open ultimately, although they favor the initial plan you had for putting the Ocean View renovation into the um, open space in the neighborhood. Uh, the second thing is that uh, Facebook is in the news and so are the social media platforms. Uh, headlines all over, uh, Senator Lindsey Graham said to Mark Zuckerberg, There's, you have blood on your hands, uh, there was a lot of criticism, very powerful criticism about Facebook and the other social media. New York Times front page today, also the Chronicle today has the front page story. Times, senators berate tech executives on child safety, mental health fears, urging protections while likening social sites to tobacco makers. Uh, the lead says lawmakers on Wednesday denounced the chief executives of Meta, TikTok, X,
discord, accusing them of creating a crisis in America by willfully ignoring the harmful content against children on their platforms as concerns over the effect of technology on youths have mushroomed. I've been talking with you for more than two and a half years about the testimony of whistleblower Francis Haugen at the Senate in October two and a half years ago, and you have systematically cut those comments out from your minutes, despite the fact that I've talked about that. Why do I talk about that? Because the library is continually touting social media. Here's a box, get social, and it encourages people to go to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. There's another one on the Friends page. There are uh, the logos of these organizations also multiple times in this document and in much of your publicity. That is wrong. You should be careful about what you tell people about that. Thank you. Any further public comment? Yes, uh, Glenn Rogers. I wanted to uh, thank uh, Peter. He stole my thunder, actually. I wanted to say that, uh, yes, the Ocean View Library is now capable of being able to explore other locations rather than the uh, Greenbelt, where the earth, you know, earthquake fault is where that used to be a historical stream bed and uh, organic soils. That being said, there were a number of things that uh, I heard in, in the, uh, the, the supervisors mentioned I thought that you folks would like to know. One of them is that Supervisor Safai thinks that Metna, my district, is in some sort of uh, denial of the opportunity to develop the Greenbelt. He said, in effect, that he thought that the Greenbelt should be developed. And without the library being there, it's going to be more difficult for that to happen. Metna and many people in the neighborhood feel that that Greenbelt should be, uh, uh, you know, protected. There was another bit of mis misinformation, I thought, that was mentioned by uh, Supervisor Walton. He mentioned that the Metna district was a district of elitists and, uh, and uh, people that didn't have any sympathy for the Ocean View district and what was uh, happening there. Uh, couldn't be more true. You know, the uh, Metna dr district is... Uh, filled with uh, working-class people, just as uh, Ocean View is. And, uh, and that mischaracteriz mischaracterization of uh, Metna, I thought, was uh, unfair. And uh, if you have any more questions you'd like to ask me, please do. And I'm so excited that we're thinking about having the, the library be somewhere else. It needs to be somewhere else. Thank you. Thank you very much. Any further public comment here in Corret Auditorium? I want to thank all of those who made public comment. Thank you very much. Uh, we appreciate your comments and perspectives. 
Um, hearing no further requests for comment, general public comment is now closed. And we will now move on to item number two on the agenda. And this is for possible action to um, approve the January commission meeting minutes. We will open um, up for public comment before our commission discussion and vote on this item. So we now take public comment. Public comment is now open here in Karat pertaining to this item number two, approval of the January meeting minutes. Peter Warfield, Executive Director, Library Users Association, 2004 at yahoo.com and PO Box 170544, San Francisco, California, 94117-0544. The minutes are where you silence the public, where you censor what we have said in accordance with your own objectives. And you further do other things as well. You uh, denigrate the folks in a, a variety of ways. So general public comment. Uh, you've got Peter Warfield, Executive Director, Library Users Association, and the wrong email address. In fact, no address. Libraryusers.2004.com. It's what I said it is, and that should be corrected. Uh, the PO box is wrong. It lacks the uh, extension 94117-0544. And you left out why I said it's important, why I give the contact information. You said he said why he gives it. Well, you gave five lines to somebody else. Why don't you say what I gave as a reason? And that is so that people can get in touch with somebody who doesn't have a standing uh, address as the city library has, the librarian, and you. On approval of the minutes, you once again left out Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, et cetera, which I said was uh, social media that are toxic. I said that this is not just my opinion, but the Surgeon General of the United States and many, many others, including Francis Haugen, the whistleblower from Facebook. And I said that what the reason was that I was talking about social media wasn't just to comment on social media out of the blue, but to object to the library's uh, unnecessary and inappropriate basically recruiting for that by advertising over and over in much of its po uh, publicity for people, as I pointed out in, in my previous comment. Um, in further, uh, in further uh, public comments, you've left out the title that I have in the organization. You've left out the contact information. You've left out why I said the plan is very pr problematic. Uh, and that's important. And I gave reasons very specifically. Uh, you've left out the title and the contact information for every time I've spoken. And uh, not clear why uh, on City Librarian's report, you have me saying I wanted databases on the agenda. What I wanted that was part of that I wanted publicity for the library's terrific assets, books, and other things, including databases. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Any further public comment on this um, agenda item number two regarding the meeting minutes? I'm not 
I'm not completely sure that this is part of it, but I wanted to um, mention one of the things that uh, was involved with the uh, Twitter, Facebook, and other uh, social media sites that need to be uh, needs to be brought to the public. There's such a thing as a sextortion. I just learned learned about it last night. And it is when usually it's young boys, but there was this uh, young girl. I'm stopping the time because you're, this is Wrong on the topic. minutes. Okay. So you need to talk about the minutes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, any further public comment regarding the meeting minutes from the January um, commission meeting? Seeing that there's no further public comment on this item, public comment here in Karat Auditorium is closed and I now open this up for um, discussion and action on this item. Is, some, is there a commissioner who would like to make a motion to approve the minutes of the January commission meeting? I'd like to move to approve with an edit if possible. Okay. Um, I'd like to, uh, if we're gonna put uh, email addresses in the minutes, I'd like for them to be um, correctly formatted. So uh, the, the proposed change is from libraryusers2004.com to libraryusers2004 at yahoo.com. Um, so I, I, I'd like to move to approve with that change. Thank you. Do we have a second with that um, change in the- I, um, I second that. So we have a motion from um, Commissioner Huang with one um, uh, editorial comment and a second with that editorial comment from Commissioner Bolander to approve the minutes. And I'll take the roll call. Commissioners, please say aye or no when I call your name. President Wolf. Aye. Vice President Wong. Aye. Commissioner Ono. Oh, sorry. Commissioner Lomax Ghiraduzzi. Aye. Commissioner Lopez. Aye. Commissioner Bolander. Aye. The motion passes unanimously. Thank you. We now move to item number three on the agenda, which is to, um, this is a, our next discussion about the fiscal year 25-26 budget. We've had many presentations um, on this and we're hoping that we can make some progress today and look at some options. So I'm gonna turn it over to our Chief Operating Officer and Acting City Librarian for the day, Maureen Singleton, thank you. Thank you, President Wolf, and good afternoon, commissioners. Uh, today's budget presentation marks our third discussion on our proposed budget investments for the upcoming fiscal years 25 and 26. We first introduced the investment ideas to the commission and to the community in December with some initial information on our city's budget climate. We came back in January with more information on the city's budget climate, refined some of our proposals, and um, sought your input for a, an eventual presentation here in February for budget options. So since that time, we have incorporated your thoughts and ideas as well as continue to refine our, the available funding for the upcoming cycle. And as such, we will be presenting to you some budget options for you to consider, select, and then approve today. So with that, I'd like to turn it over to our CFO, Mike Fernandez, to walk us through the budget proposal. Thank you. Thank you so much, Maureen. Good evening, President Wolf, Vice President Wong, commissioners. Um, I'm just so pleased to present to you the culmination really of what is a lot of hard collective work 
uh, on the part of the entire team. Special thank you to Maureen uh, as well and, uh, and Christine Murdoch, our budget manager. She does so much work behind the scenes to get us to this point. Um, so I really wanna thank her as well as everybody else. It's a big effort. It takes a village to, to get us here. So without further ado, um, this evening, I'll be going over where we are in our budget process, uh, what the current budget environment is, reviewing where we start each budget process, which is our base budgets in fiscal year 25 and fiscal year 26, the guiding principles that we use to prioritize the budget proposals that get before you, uh, the budget proposals for your consideration, the options we have created um, for your deliberation, finally asking for your approval and reviewing the next steps. So here, what I'm hoping is now a very familiar budget calendar. Just as a reminder, we really kick off this process in fall um, and started discussing the proposals with you in December. The green arrow is where we are now here in February, looking for your approval, which I'll be asking for again in a few minutes. But first, quickly just recap uh, the budget environment. I touched on this a few weeks ago. The city is facing an 800 million, almost nearly $800 million budget deficit over the next two years. That deficit really is a result of the rising costs just rising faster than our revenues. As I noted in January, the, uh, the Library Preservation Fund has improved slightly since the budget was approved last cycle. We've got an additional about $400,000 in the projections um, and is expected to increase by another $5 million in the following year which is roughly a 2.7% increase, which is, which is good, but as I think we're all aware, it's a bit less than the inflation we've all been experiencing. So they, that's part of what's feeding that deficit. A uh, quick recap of the mayor's budget priorities and directions to departments as we build our budget, budget proposals for their review. Really it's the improved public safety and the street conditions, prioritizing economic recovery, reducing homelessness and transforming mental health service delivery, accountability and equity in services and spending. The general fund departments, again, as a reminder, were, which we are fortunate not to be in this cycle, they were asked for a 10% reduction and a 5% contingency in both years of this cycle. We at the library, we're, we're just required to budget to our revenue, to stay within our means. Um, and, the, and it's important to note that this cycle, due to the budget climate, the mayor is not entertaining any new positions at this time and really just be prepared for a weakening outlook, do everything we can to really get ready for that. So what is a base budget? Every year we budget, we budget for the next following two years. The standard practice is referred to year one of, of the two year cycle as the budget year and the second year's budget year plus one, a little inside baseball. Uh, last budget cycle, we approved the budget for fiscal year 24, which was the budget year, and fiscal year 25, which is budget year plus one, which becomes the first year of this budget. Every year we start with what was approved in the prior budget cycle as budget year plus one. So again, 25, fiscal year 25 was that last time. And then the controller's office just adjusts if, based on new information that they've received since last July when the board approved. These changes are typically minor. They are usually things like the retirement contribution may have changed by a couple percent. This year is no exception. The, the change was again very minor and our base expenditure went up close to $150,000, which means we got $400,000 extra minus the 150, we're around 260 in, in revenue. 
they take that budget and then base, essentially copy that into the next year and apply any known or assumed costs, like guessing what the cost of living will be in the next year. And that becomes our base again in fiscal 26. Uh, uh, to note, they do strip out one-time expenses. So you see on that table on the right-hand side, the capital line goes from $6.5 million to zero in 26, because they assume no one-time yet. We, we do that through this process. The base budget, as I said, is our starting point for each cycle. And the budget proposals we present before you add to this base budget. The budget is really a reflection of our priorities and our number one priority continues to be people. 63% of our budget in 25 and 70% 26 is labor. Outside of uh, the labor costs, it should be a surprise to, hardly be a surprise to anyone that our collections is the next highest. This is, and this funding level is in line with the other urban libraries of, of our size. The, service, the services of other departments is a range of items that uh, can be anything from just keeping our lights on and the ability to respond via, via email or phone to fixing minor upgrades to our buildings. We do contract out some services, which is again a broad range from programming support to tech, technolo technology services, things like licenses, software licenses and that, and that sort of thing. Capital requests can vary each budget cycle based on projected need over the two year period. We always revisit these capital investments over the two years of the proposed budget in a subsequent cycle as additional project information becomes available over the intervening months. And last, I'll just briefly touch on the reserves. These are the funds that are set aside last cycle as a source for all these budget proposals to buffer against rising costs and prepare for weakening revenues. On to budget priorities. In addition to the mayor's priorities, we continue, for this cycle, we continue to use the existing strategic and budget priorities for, um, as well as our mission statement for the cycle as we evaluated the budget proposals. These guided our evaluation and that, and I'll begin presenting to you to those, those to you right now. So these are, these are the same proposals that we presented to you back in January 18th. So a quick review of just how to read this table, I know it's a bit dense. Um, to the left, all the proposals are again grouped by your strategic priority. To the right of the proposal titles, you'll see an indication as to whether these proposals are one time in nature or ongoing. Next, we have the base budget in fiscal year 25 for that line item. To the right of that is the amount that the proposal would increase the base. To the next column is the amount we would propose in addition in fiscal year 26. And that final column is the total investment for the cycle. Again, the ongoing investments made in fiscal year 25 get carried over to the 26 base. So in a sense, they're effectively doubled. That's how you read that column. And I'll just highlight a few of these because I did go through them extensively last time um, for you now, but I am happy to take any questions during the commission discussion on any, on any of those before you. So first up, oops, sorry, go back, there we go. So first up, I know we had a good discussion on the $300,000 for e-collections budget um, to include offerings at the jails, building on our successful pilot project. Uh, we acknowledge that um, on the surface, these costs do seem high, 
uh, we went back and we did crunch the numbers. So for patrons, the cost generally was around $1.94 per use uh, for Hoopla. And it's important to, near, to note here that Hoopla really is our partner in the, this endeavor. They created a special interface to meet all the jail requirements and we're the first in the nation to have this. So far, we've experienced $1.66 in comparable use for, uh, compared to the, which is comparable to the average user costs, a little bit lower. Um, so why that big difference, you know, bed per user? It's really just utilization. It's on the order of magnitude about 50 times higher than an average user is using. So that's what's driving that $300,000 number. For next, uh, just wanna to touch on the ocean view. We are planning on making our next to last installment of $4.8 million annually. Um, we have one more planned that's, that falls outside of the cycle. Uh, we, I do want to just touch on, we are looking to build on the honor-bound collections for our community partners by $100,000. Um, next, we are, we are also looking to start building some of the work of the strategic planning effort and invest in outreach to communities that speak languages other than English for around $200,000, and that would be on an ongoing basis. And lastly, I'll just briefly remind you that we, we are putting in for the two aging bookmobiles that have far exceeded their end of useful life. They're spending a lot of time in the shops. They're not out where they need to be in the community. And that's $600,000 uh, a year for two years to replace them both. So to, to quickly summarize, uh, we, are in, consider, we are proposing to invest $2.2 million in fiscal year 25, of which 1.5 million of that would be one time, so it would not burden the next year. In fiscal year 26, we're proposing 7.7 .7 million, and again, one-time expenses, so it wouldn't carry an ongoing burden. The facilities maintenance and infrastructure continues to get the bulk of investment. That's largely, like I had mentioned previously, the way capital gets budgeted, it gets stripped out every year, so we have to put it back in, essentially. Um, and it's also important to note that these are really estimated budgets. They will change between now and when we submit the budget on February 21st, based on new information we get. And of course, as we go through the mayor's phase and the budget phase, or the board phase of the budget, they will change again. So, in light of, uh, in addition to the proposals we reviewed, we did come up with some options to consider. In crafting these options, we really wanted to be responsive to the great discussion you all had last, last time, two weeks ago, um, around the strategic plan. As we considered next steps to the strategic plan, we felt that this was a prime opportunity to keep the momentum without having to wait really what amounts to 18 months from now to start bringing to fruition all the hard work that's been invested in staff by our community partners. For this option, um, Option number one, all of these would be funded in fiscal year 25, and these would all be one time. So they would not carry a burden onto the next year. Um, and not to be a little, not to be too redundant, but we wanted to really think strategically of where we can anticipate needing capacity. In listening to the discussion, it became clear that one of the areas we would want resources is to revisit our facilities master plan in light of the new strategic direction. One of the first steps would be developing a facilities condition assessment. This is consistent with the shift from moving to a more passive stance to where we can be more proactive, meaning instead of waiting for things to break, we go out and, and do needed upgrades, repairs, or replacements. The facility condition assessment will also help build the facility's master plan, and we estimate this uh, need to be around $200,000. 
Next, setting aside $300,000 now for strategic plan implementation would give us the resources in the next fiscal year to allow us to start initiating smaller contracts and agreements with partners to deliver on the great ideas um, of outreach and engagement that are already contained within the plan, in the draft version of the plan. The third thing we heard last time was to make sure the library was an inviting and safe place to work and interact with. While we develop what that, would, what that would look like, we feel this is not something that we should really wait 18 months to implement. So setting aside $250,000 now would allow us to quickly pivot as those, as those ideas become more formed. We are aware that other public libraries in our region, for example, are making similar investments in de-escalation training and other services, and we can build on those ideas. And then lastly, that big number, the $2.45 million in quick implementation capital improvement monies would allow us to implement on a, some smaller scale facilities improvements that the facilities master plan and strategic plan would identify. These could be things such as fixtures and furnishings, which are critical to bridging that last mile and bringing our strategic vision to reality. Now, nearly $2.5 million is no small sum of money, but in context, that's less than $100,000 per our facility just to give you that context. Um, this funding is different than the state of good repair funding that we ask for each cycle. So those funds are essentially keeping the, the, what we have in, in working order. So the key really is in, that this is a replacement. That, the state of good repair funds are for keeping the, the current function going as is, whereas as we embarked on the strategic vision, we recognized that we wanted to go beyond keeping that current function, function and really tailor these spaces to the community, community's needs. This funding would bring about the changes in vision in that plan. So another dense table. <laughs> A quick note on how to read this, this table from left to right. Um, the, the source and use category is followed by this year's approved budget. The fiscal year 25 base budget, which we discussed earlier, is next. The fourth column is the budget option one for fiscal year 25. This is the, the budget year budget, tongue twister, that would be approved should you approve this selection. The next column is the change from the current year's budget that next year's budget would represent. The sixth column is the change from the base budget to the proposed budget. The seventh column is, the, is this options budget for fiscal year 26. So like the fourth column, this is what you would be approving should you uh, accept this option. And the eighth and final column is the year-over-year -year change from the budget proposed budget for the budget year to this cycle to the budget year plus one. The one-time nature of the additional items contained here within option one leaves us with a $5.24 million left in reserve. This can be used for the fiscal 26 budget proposals, absorb cost increases in our cost of doing business, and really hedge against future decreases in revenue. For, and for reference, uh, if, uh, if you hadn't caught that on the prior slide, in fiscal year 25, we entered, that, entered this, this year, or the, this cycle, with $11.32 million reserve. Option, option number two. Option number two dif differs by reducing by $1 million from the quick implementation projects in option one and, invest, and investing that into ongoing technology enhancements. By choosing this option, you would decrease the capacity to pursue some of those small projects during that budget year, and they would be need to be funded in a subsequent cycle. However, this would allow us to make upgrades consistent with the new strategic plan as well. That could look like 
things like digital signage and wayfinding. This level of funding, funding would allow us to have interactive signage in multiple languages that would guide patrons through the main and each branch directly to their area of interest. It would allow dynamic signage in each conference or meeting room to display upcoming events. Dynamic signage is more engaging and informative environment for the community and allows the capacity to more meaningfully communicate than a static sign could do. In addition, it would allow partnering with overlay maps for any member of the disability community to be able to independently navigate any branch or the main. This existing technology allows for ADA compliant voice navigation, freeing those with the visual, visual or mobility impairments to navigate the library's resources without relying on physical in assistance. Just to give you an idea of what that might, that might fund. As you can see here, the main difference really is because of the ongoing nature of the IT enhancements, that reserve would go down from $5.24 million in the bottom, bottom right corner there uh, to $4.24 million. So looking ahead, In summary, really the options we put together for you to consider this evening would result in the same overall budget, reflecting that you know, our charge should stay within our means and given the current budget environment. That would be $186.83 million in fiscal year 25 and $191.86 million, million in fiscal year 26. Option one would allow for a greater capacity to address our physical spaces quickly and reflect the changes uh, desired in the strategic plan. It would also give us the most flexibility in fiscal year 26. Option two would shift some of that capacity from physical infrastructure to technology, and the trade-off would be the nature of the work would be funded, but also would not only be the nature of the work that's funded, but we would be committing an extra fiscal year, extra million dollars in fiscal year 26, reducing that reserve. And as always, you are able to provide your own recommendation. After we make our decision here, we must submit the budget to the controller and the mayor by February 21st, 2024. That's a reminder. And thank you very much for your time and attention this evening, and I will be here for questions. Thank you, Mike. And that concludes the presentation on the budget. Thank you very much, Mike, for your um, very thorough third presentation. Um, and before we open it up for commission and possible action, uh, commission discussion and possible action from the commission, um, we open this up for public comment, general public comment here in Corret Auditorium. Uh, uh, general public comment on this item number three, the um, 25 fiscal year 25 and fiscal year 26 um, budget is now open. Peter Warfield, Executive Director, Library Users Association, Library Users 2004 at yahoo.com and P.O. Box 170544, San Francisco, California 94117-0544. Thanks to the Vice Chair for asking for a correction to the minutes to our email address. Apparently, the mail address, which actually provides a lot more privacy, doesn't count for a correction. With respect to the budget, the first question I have is where is the reading material, the books and the periodicals, the newspapers and so on, which are such a crucial and core purpose of the library? 
Uh, it's very hard to translate any of this into how that'll improve. On page 11, you have uh, mayor's budget instructions, accountability and equity in services and spending. Where's the accountability, for example, of any kind of evaluation that you have made with respect to how you have spent your money? I think that would be worthwhile to do so that you can see where you might improve on future spending. And I think a study of what you're doing and how it's uh, working out is something that's desperately needed. There's not, a, there's not equity in, for example, the provision of books. More and more there's e-books much more available than books. Books will have a long waiting list. E-materials are available immediately. Uh, more and more there are only e-book titles uh, when you could easily get uh, actual books. And anybody has access to books. The people who have less money, uh, minorities, uh, disabled people, older people, are all among the people that have much less access to electronic programs and materials. Speaking of programs, more and more are becoming virtual. And there's no indication of how somebody can attend without a computer, but with an ordinary telephone. Uh, after two years ago or so during COVID, I said, what about 800 numbers or something where you can participate without heavy toll charges uh, on a Zoom program? Uh, eventually, we got 800 numbers, but there's no advertising. There's no indication to anybody that you get the information well, if you get the information, you can access. And that's, that kind of publicity is something I'd like to see. I'd also like to see a rationalization, how you choose and how you follow up on usage of e-materials and actual books. Um, the, uh, there are a number of things that are, what is it? What is the honor-bound collection? And what about print advertising? You've got a thing where you want to do uh, digital and re radio advertising. What's wrong with digital? Uh, and especially the people you want to target are the ones least accessible, who have the least access. Your prioritization on digital is excessive and you need to look at that and make it equal. Thank you very much. Any further public comment on the proposed fiscal year 25 and 26 budgets? Seeing that there's no more public comment on this agenda item, public comment here in Corette is now closed. Um, and we now turn to the commission um, members' discussion and possible action. As just a, first of all, I'd just like to thank you, Mike, and the entire, I know it takes a, the entire team of your, your colleagues in every department um, to make this possible. So I just want to thank you for your efforts. Um, this is the third time we've been having this discussion. And I just want to remind myself and my fellow commissioners that what we're here to look at is um, the budget um, proposals. We have three, two, three different options in front of us, option number one and option number two. And the only distinction there is the million dollars going to um, out of capital improvement, quick implementation and into IT enhancement and also the possibility of having any other um, items added, taken away, or whatever, based on um, the, the voting of the um, commission members. So um, just a sort of a reminder of what we're trying to accomplish in this discussion. So I open it up now for public, uh, for our um, comments, and I'm, thank you, Mike, for standing at the podium to answer any questions. 
Um, also, one other further comment just wanted to remind us um, that this is all tied to the existing strategic plan, not the new strategic plan. So this coming year is kind of a year of transition um, as we kind of move and um, make our way to readjust the budget process. Next year will be a, a new process to look at how it's presented based on our strategic priorities for the new strategic plan. So this is our last time looking at it in this format. Okay. okay. Um, did you, would you like to please make a comment? Thank you so much, Madam President. So as you know, um, I didn't have the good fortune, Mike, to hear you before um, with some other travel and other family commitments. And so I'm going to just ask the question and, and um, uh, our commission president um, summed it up very good for me. So if it may be very quickly in a cliff note version, <laughs> um, um, the enhancements uh, for, I, uh, for IT in the option number two, um, how does that really kind of move anything forward in a way that you think is really critical? I can see that there's less in the reserve um, in the option two, but I just guess want to understand a little bit more about that um, from your lens, and I know that, that this has been um, discussed um, in the um, meetings that I missed, so thank you so much. Thank you for the, thank you for the question, Commissioner Lemaiscarducci. So, yeah, for for option number two, the way the way I kind of look at it as a financial person is again, making that commitment now would potentially take away some of that reserve in year two, and that trade-off would be we would we would have technology projects like the wayfinding and signage that you know are fairly clear at this point in the plan that this would be in a direction we might want to go. It wouldn't be the entirety necessarily of it, and that you know and the challenge here is that being two weeks in between uh, commission meetings, it's not, we're not to a point where this would be a fully formed idea for you, where these options are really about setting aside resources in that direction, just because the nature of the bureaucracy we're in, right, that it's 18 months really from, from here till the next presentation, yeah. or from, from the next cycle, to where we would actually get money, roughly six months from now. So that's that's how I sort of look at it, and, and this, for I think when we looked at this to really wrap our heads around it and make sense of what we could do to really be responsive, it was about okay, how do we put those ideas together mm -hmm. um, as, as best we can and really strategically place them in places that we could act fairly mm -hmm. quickly once that plan is finalized. Because again, we don't have a final plan at this time. And may I do a follow-up with that, please? Um, you mentioned, um, um, it sounds like there's a need, which are not only library, but in society in general, to provide um, wayfinding and information to uh, patrons and community members um, in the language, in their origin language. So uh, maybe just a little bit understanding of, of how deep of that need is um, from, from um, the, the, the professionals in the library. So, so I'll speak to it briefly, and there might be some professionals here that know a lot, a lot better than I, but as you could see within the budget proposals that we had presented earlier, there was a pretty big strong emphasis with the limited, kind of, we, we know we're going into a weakening outlook. We wanted to be fairly conservative with our funds, but we did advance those, prior, those proposals that look to um, increasing our capacity to be able to reach people in a in the language they're comfortable with, mm -hmm. and 
you know, I think there was a really good discussion last time to do so in a really culturally competent way as well. Um, and so just b building on those enhancements, we knew we had those already. So those were some concrete proposals already before you. Um, and this would just really allow us to really enhance on that. But if one of my colleagues also wants to speak further, happy to see the floor. That, that's good. That's good enough. That's good for me. I just wanted to kind of get a sense. Um, and I understand um, where you're, wh exactly what you're talking about. So thank you so much, Mike. Absolutely. Thank you for, again for the question. Um, Vice President Huang. Um, could I, I really love how we just had open commission discussion the last couple of times. Can we do that again? Um, uh, I, I know the options as presented are basically the proposals and then whatever's presented on those pages. Uh, can I gauge how people are thinking about two light items specifically? It's the first one is the, uh, I'm going back to the e-collections. Um, can we go to slide number 14, please? Yeah, thank you. Um, I'd, I'd like to discuss the first line item again, the e-collections budget. I know you presented some some numbers around this, and it seemed like my understanding there is that the main driver of this cost is just higher utilization. Um, so again, it seemed like the, 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 the unit here is like 800 beds, but the utilization per bed is higher than what you might have for a, a, a non-JARS patron. Uh, and that's my understanding here. Um, and then the second thing is the um, uh, the digital and radio advertising. I'm coming to these two in particular, not because of, sorry, it's the second one under literacy and learning, mm -hmm. um, the 200,000 ongoing. The, the, um, I'm coming to these not because of what it is, but it's more the fact that they're ongoing um, and I just wonder if this is the right time to do that. Um, yeah, uh, that, that's, that's one open. I have a second question generally about the reserve, but it's a separate thing, but I just want to know from the commission, how, like, is that like a fair way to, a fair reaction? Like, do we have yeah. any other reactions? To yeah, those? yeah. So, I mean, I think for the number one, the e-collections, the whole 800 bed or 500 beds, um, I think that's not the right metric because those beds turn over really fast. So I think it's just how many patrons are we serving and it's substantially more than 800 or 500 or whatever. So yeah. the metrics like apples to oranges. Uh, and then when it comes to the digital and radio advertising, I mean, I don't know how much we do that now. I don't think we do any, if I'm not mistaken. Does anyone know off the top? Yes, please. I'm wondering she if, comes. yes, she if comes. Michelle could um, Michelle. answer that. Enlighten us. Well. Thank you. Um, we, uh, this is Michelle Jeffers with San Francisco Public Library. Thanks, Marco. Uh, we did do um, radio advertising for the first time, I think it was this current, this current year or toward the end of last year. And actually, we found that, um, and we hadn't done radio advertising in a long time, but we made some really dedicated moves on it. And we found that that was the most, we got the most return on it of hearing people tell us back about the radio advertising. We found it to be incredibly successful. So we wanted to provide budget items to do more of it. 
What, because how we've much, done a lot of advertising. Right. How each, much did we each, spend on that? Like each initiative was, I would say, about fifty thousand mm -hmm. dollars, and we did. It's radio, but it's also like things like Spotify and Pandora kind yeah. of advertising too. Okay. So last year we spent what, like? We spent a hundred thousand. I think was what, where we were coming from. So we wanted to beef it up to do it like quarter. You know, have enough to do a major campaign each quarter. Okay. I mean. If if the ROI on that was the highest, we, we do obviously other advertising. Yeah, like, I mean, we do a lot of like out of home, you know, like um, billboard and mm -hmm. transit shelter and bus advertisement. But really, we were I was really surprised. What, what percentage of all those of what, what percentage of advertising would be this as opposed to the other ones? Um, well, I mean, budget? this is like our budget for advert for any kind of outside the library advertising. Oh, but. But okay. we wanted to do, we wanted to really put more money in, even though it's expensive, put more money into the radio and digital. So what we do for like buses and shelters, how, roughly how much is that? Is that, that can, if for a, like a one city, one book campaign, we may spend um, thirty to $40,000 on that. Okay, so this would be... It's comparable. I comparable, okay. So I mean, for me, I mean, I don't necessarily care where it goes to me it's advertising pr budget like whatever's effective right so right. if the bucket's like we need 200 grand to do more advertising and be flexible on that because if radio doesn't work you know i'm fine with that i just don't know what the metric of success would be that's that's sort of you know yeah i i mean i generally agree with that which is just like marketing dollars should be just like the pot of money and at, at any point you should be searching for the most efficient allocation of those those yes. dollars i generally agree with that yeah um, maybe my, I don't know, I don't want to like drag on this discussion. Maybe I should just lodge my like general discomfort with like adding more ongoing costs and like generally trying to avoid that whenever possible, but not make, I mean, it's a good suggestion. No, no. <laughs> I mean, you, you make a good point. I mean, if you look at the environment now, every company is going through the same thing, cutting budgets on advertising and all marketing. And it's just, you know, they tend to be myopic because that's what drives future, right? So the future is typically this sort of stuff. So, I mean, I would just like to see, I think, to, to Pete's point, mm -hmm. like what's the most efficient use? And then over time, as that changes, uh, you know, as a percentage of the budget in terms of our PR and marketing budgets, not huge, but ongoing is, I mean, it's not much, but good point. I, I would. Yeah, I mean, I generally come back to our um, previous discussions um, like two or three years ago where we said like we should be doing more. You know what I mean? We should be telling people more about what we do. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, yep. And I think we still collectively agree with that, right? So well, that's what I wanted yeah, I mean, to add. Yeah, so. I'm just, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm kind of like actively working through my thoughts here on, on all this, which is. <laughs> Not good. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. He's going to convince himself this is a good Table idea. Table all that. Uh, yeah, sorry. But not only just... should we do more, but we have to do it in, lang in the languages where people need to hear um, right. and yes. hear and right. see themselves in the public library as an institution that they know is theirs. Yeah. I and, just wanna... and I also think that because there's been an analysis and, and, and see what it has done, like, you telling us that the radio seemed to be more effective. Mm -hmm. So um, the investment, it's, you know, it's worth doing. Um, and that's one of the things that we want to publicize the great work that the, mm -hmm. the library does uh, across the board. So, well, I would just like to add that um, 
I would like to, I support this um, investment because I think that there are way too many people that don't know enough yep. about what the options are and the resources are. And as we go into this economic downturn even more so, um, I think we need to be much more proactive about letting community members know what's available to them. I just want it to be more strategic. Um, personally, I think the, the bus stop signs don't work. Um, I think that, I mean, I think that they just, I walk by them and I have to like stop and say, oh, that's a library. Like it should pop out, like a sign should pop out. Um, so I just want the team to be a little bit more strategic. If we're adding more dollars, let's really figure out what we're trying to advertise. And especially in this economic downturn, who are we, who are we missing that needs to know that we have resources for them? So to me, that's more important than the dollar spent. Yeah, and I think that probably what that shows up in the line below that, the strategic marketing plan, is that right? Mm -hmm. To like have that sort of yeah. planning, yeah. Um, so I guess the, the 1B question here is, should we be expecting additional asks for marketing budget on top of this that is more sort of attached to that plan in 20, the 26-27 cycle, for example? Yeah, I think that's a safe assumption that, okay. you know, once we develop a plan and what we would do as we do as part of all of the budget proposal analyses that we do is we take a look at what have we spent, what do we have available of base budgets, is that sufficient to meet these plans or are we going to need to come back to the commission and say actually what we need is the base plus this additional information, yeah. money. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm just, I have a lot on this. Yeah, I know, yeah. clearly, go yeah. ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a separate question, which is, um, uh, Mike, in your view, so so the reserve is, uh, we're tapping into it for yeah. 26. Yeah. What is the uh, sort of house view on like reserve strategy over the next three to five years? That's an, ex that's an excellent question. So. The reserve is really just the delta between what our projected sources are and what the projectees are for that for that year. And obviously, the more we have, the more flexibility we have. The, coming into this this year, fiscal year 25, with 11.32, they provided us an, a, a very high level of flexibility. It would, it would say it was a little bit higher than what we wouldn't maybe typically have. Um, and of course, more would always be appreciated. It's always hard to tell from year to year because those revenue projections will change and those costs will change. Um, one thing I mentioned last presentation that um, I, I didn't mention this time was the labor the labor contracts for the city are open. So it, the cost, the biggest cost driver we have is is labor, and when those labor contracts are negotiated in the summer, mm -hmm. we'll have a much better idea of what those costs will be ongoing. Um, so as, but as a general principle for the next three to five years, we're at least in the three, her, three year horizon and maybe four is really trying to maximize where we can that reserve. Um, I think we, do, we, we have been very cognizant and we've been very intentional as, I've, as we presented here and, uh, consistently that we want to make sure that we have 
enough funds set aside to do the things that we want to do in the strategic plan, but to be able to do them sustainably. So we want to make sure that we have those funds. And we're, we are always looking out, projecting into the future. What are these, where, where do we expect our funds to be? And what do we expect our expenses to be? Um, and at this current time, at this level, and especially, you know, definitely strategic with giving you the options we did, making them mostly one time, um, and the budget proposals themselves being mostly one time in nature, at this time gives us that flexibility. Conditions can always change, right? Um, we'll, we'll see as we go, um, but that's, if that's how we're generally thinking about it, is making sure that the choices that we're bringing before you, we've thought through that we feel we can sustainably fund anything that we brought to you in an ongoing basis, that we have the projections bear out, we'll be able to fund those. And so we have a lot more flexibility with those one time to, 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 to you know, use up those reserves in any one year, but not so much to burden the future year. So that's still a positive number in 26. I would fully expect when I'm here next year, that'll be a positive number in 27 at this point. Okay, thank you. Keep going. No, uh, the last one isn't a question. I like option one versus option two. I'll just yeah. <laughs> I, I want to. I just want to jump in just to say um, about the marketing, just to kind of then put that to rest. If, um, <laughs> um, I um, I'm very uh, excited about having a strategic plan kind of analysis, and I think one of the things I, I sense from my fellow commissioners is that more is not always more, um, and that. What we really need to be is strategic. So, if there's something that's baseline that doesn't work as well, like we need to then shift what that is. So, as you're thinking about that, we don't want to see this on every year. Um, we want it to. We want to feel like we're using our dollars in the best way possible. And um, of course, if there's something that comes out of that strategic plan that's just phenomenal, of course we want to know, but I just don't want it to just every year, it's just more and more and more and more, and is it even working? So I just think I'm hearing more is not always more. Well, yeah, and also, I mean, I think that this plan, the strategic marketing plan we're gonna develop should allocate whatever yeah. marketing budget we have with, yeah, yeah, exactly. with some sort of metrics around it yeah. that makes sense. I mean, I'm all for investing in getting the word out about what we do as long as we're thoughtful about spending it. And, you know, you got to look at the numbers. And yeah. if, if bus things don't work, then something, I don't know, that's you, right? Offering, I I'm allowed to speak my mind. <laughs> you are, you are. We should make sure. That... Um, I do want to also just um, get back to the one, the first question you asked. I We, we didn't really go there, which is the jars and the um, E. Um, materials, um, and I'm, you may not know what we're talking about because it was a big topic of discussion at the mm -hmm. last meeting, but this is this uh, phenomenal program that the library has well, you initiated. You talk about it, the, uh, the incarcerated For the incarcerated, persons. but this is providing them with digital access mm -hmm. to materials free of charge. And um, I know this seems like a lot, but I feel like we are pioneers in this arena, and we have the resources to really try and do something unique here that could have an impact on libraries and um, incarceration facilities across the country. So what's important for me in this investment is making sure that we're thinking of ourselves as pioneers and as leaders to 
make sure that we learn from our mistakes and are analyzing it to then and really document it so that others can learn from what we what was the success because not every library system is going to have these resources so how can we figure out how to manage access and budgets mm -hmm. yeah i mean get the metrics right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah i think well that that, that was it yeah uh, get the metrics Bollinger, right which is like i think i think right. um when it was first presented i felt I didn't feel confident in it because like it's not anything about like the the origin of the idea or the merit of the idea it's just the reality that these digital publishers will do anything they can to squeeze more money out of us you know what i mean and like i don't want us in a position where we are just like um or at least i don't want us to feel like even if that's not actually happening that we are like just coming up with new ideas and then whatever price we end up getting from the publisher, we just have to say like, yeah, yeah we'll do it. You know what I mean? And so um, now that we've closed the loop and like figured out the actual metric and all that kind of stuff, when I know the driver of it, then like fine, right? Um, but I think initially my hesitation was just like, man, like we never take cost out of the budget. You know what I mean? Like these are always positive numbers on the budget and this is an ongoing thing. And this, it's just like one big fat round number that like, again, the publishers are gonna like love that we're gonna continue to add, right? And so this is just like generally, like I, I, I completely understand sort of expanding access, but um, my general wariness around e-collections is not the fact that it's e-collections, is just like the business model of changing to these, like how they charge for things is like, it's getting quite scary. Um, and, and so I just want us to, to do whatever we can. And sometimes structurally there is no option, but like where we can be, um, or at least like do that work, I, I would just love, it would make me feel better at least yeah. that we see it, that's it, yeah. Essentially I mean, yeah. what you're getting at is to be a good steward is also to ensure that um, ideas that um, further um, SFL, uh, SFPL's role uh, for the common good to ensure that people that are on the most furthest po uh, portions and the margins are served can't be done so in a way also um, where the institution itself is taken advantage of because it has a national and international reputation for being a leader in these areas. And, um, and, and so that's the balance I think you're really getting at. The for-profits, institutions recognize our social uh, good purpose and they could take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. um, and so we have to kind of be on, be on our game to make sure that we're not taken advantage of because of our mission. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody knows totally. nationally and internationally that San Francisco Public Library is at the forefront of, pro of progressive thought ensuring uh, and, and would be one of the libraries nationally that will try out any idea that furthers our commitment to the public um, and these ideas of equity and access. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's a great point. And as innovators, it's our responsibility to show the way. So we gotta get really tight on like what this really means and if they are, to everyone's point, quote unquote screwing us, then we need to make sure that that doesn't happen. Because I mean, I think from, from the pro program in the jail, which has been one, inspiring, revolutionary and helping people. I mean, mm -hmm. the biggest problem we have is we throw people in jail and then they just rot. We don't give them any opportunity. We need to make sure as innovators in this that whatever model that we come up with can actually be reproduced. And that's a huge burden, don't get me wrong. Like we got resources, other people don't. So that's just my two, I'm, I'm okay with it. Obviously. 
Um, I'd also like to just suggest, given this level of, of commentary and um, interest, it'd be nice in the months and year ahead to really kind of come back to this item so that we can actually understand it and what you've been able to do and how, the, how it's being used and the amount of use from those who are incarcerated using this program. I think that would be a nice thing to add to an agenda in the months ahead, just to, when it's when you have data to you share data. with us. Yeah. Moving on to another topic. Moving <laughs> on. <laughs> um, and I just thank you, Mike. Uh, the budget is always something, you know, like you always find something, and it's always new to me, even though, you know, I've been in the commission for a couple of years. Um, I have several questions on the um, budget proposals. I see one. Um, one-time investment on installed electrical vehicle charging at 750 Brandon. Mm -hmm. um, I don't recall uh, this. I might be. And then, so my question is, um, is this 150, um, does it include maintenance? Is it just the Insulation, um, and can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Sure, I, I can. I can start, and then Maureen, feel free to jump in, right. <laughs> Michelle, if you'd like. Um, yeah, the, this this is this was brought uh, brought to you as a as a one time investment, so this wouldn't be any of the maintenance. The idea here is to go ahead and, and do the work to install the electric charging stations at 750 Brandon Street in, pre in preparation for, you know, more electric feet. This wouldn't be public facing. This is purely for, for fleet vehicles uh, within the city uh, for, for city use. So, yeah, it wouldn't include the, the cost. The cost is so low really because, you know, fortunately we do have power there. So a lot of the would normally be a cost driver in this area. We did, we're not really having to to bear, which is really fortunate, um, but yeah, that's this is a one-time cost to 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 put them in. Okay, mm -hmm. and so post installation, they're going to be self. I mean, the maintenance and whatever if something breaks or something, you know, it's it's a part of the facilities maintenance as well. Yep, I see. John, I see John coming up, but yes, yes, <laughs> it is. It is part of our facilities maintenance. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, good evening, Commission. Um, John Cooney, Facilities Director. So um, this is a one-time cost. It's the installation, the purchase of it. Um, this cost estimate is what we informally call a WAG, and I'm not going to get into what that acronym means. Um, from our from our colleagues at Public Works, um, I. I I'm hoping it's quite a bit lower, but it's for the installation of the cabinets and um, getting the electricity where we need it and making it secure. Um, there's no maintenance cost built into that because um, there's very little maintenance that should come up except with the occasional replacement of a charger, which doesn't really happen that often. They're pretty, pretty sound items. So, um, and it is, it is a mandate from the mayor that we, you know, electrify, electrify our fleet. So this is in accordance with that. Um, the uh, 
Michelle's unit currently has an electric van uh, mm -hmm. that resides over there, so they need the charger as well. And we'll be moving in that direction with the rest of our fleet as well. Thank you so much. Yeah, that you're that welcome. makes it much yeah. Any any other questions on that one? Not on that okay. one. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Um then the next question and uh, I just need some alignment here. So for the enhanced digital and radio advertising, which we just talked about, how is that different from the increase of the library's allocation for information and programming print materials? So because um, I see two lines, one in organization excellence and one under the strategic priority of literacy and learning. So... Um, and and I, I I was just curious, you know. So one, are we talking specifically just television, radio, and publicity to the public versus internal? Can can you just clarify that? Sure, um, and, and Michelle can also jump in. Yes, the the the. The, the, the one above is for this building on what they really did was a broad um, pilot last year to really push out a lot of that that information in, in audio format. And the lower one is a combination of informational materials that may go out. It's largely more on the, um, it's really more for around the programming itself. So this is our budget that we use for printing materials and other things in, conju in conjunction with the programming that we act, that we deliver. And we're also kind of doing behind the scenes, doing a lot of rearranging there. <laughs> we're actually moving a lot of line items. In the back end, it's actually quite a complicated one. But um, yeah, that's, this is really, they've, they've been experiencing really a much higher demand, especially now that they've come back. Um, from, you know, a lot more is in person and they're needing a lot more of those materials there. And I think that, do you have another enhancement? I mean, I would just say that the print materials includes everything, everything that we print as well. So like the summer stride tote bags are mm -hmm. in that number, like all those things go through a city, a different city department that does all the printing for the city. And so that's where those funds are truing up to what we're actually spending on printing materials every year now. Okay. Thank you. I do have another question. See, I've, I've been trying to learn this budget. Um, on salaries, um, I see an increase in the proposed budget for 25. Um, is that with because of the vacant positions that we already have and we're hoping to fill? Or is because Obviously, we're not going not for this coming year. We we don't have any new positions, or is that um, what is it? Salary increases or any something? Probably to, benefits. That's a, that's a, no, that's an excellent. Yeah, no, that's a, that's an excellent question. Uh, so there's two lines there. Yeah, you have the salary and the fringe the fringe lines. The reason why we're increasing it a bit in this year is to really. Again, where uh, there was a couple things. So new positions as they that were added last year, they get added at part of the year only. So they the the budget assumes they're not hired on July first because we can't. Essentially, <laughs> you really cannot hire on July first. So already in when you when you approved when the but the new positions that were approved in fiscal year twenty four they come into the budget already part year. 
um, act and actually as part of the negotiation with the board, um, that got pushed out quite a bit more than normal. So that's one of the things really driving that number. Um, also during, you know, during the year there can be substitutions that actually result in higher classification, higher salary. Um, that's really, that's really is driving, driving that number quite significantly. And then lastly, you know, we're, we're being, because we are beholden to our own revenue streams, we're being very um, careful with making sure that we have enough budget for when the, the negotiations are complete on the, on the, with the labor unions. So we, we are being cautious there as well. So it's a combination of all those things. Um, and then lastly, with HR, they've, the D Department of Human Resources has put together quite a few initiatives actually to speed up hiring. And so we are anticipating to hire quicker. And what that really means is that positions are vacant less of the time. And because they're, they're, we have more, more, more positions filled faster, we need more salary to cover those expenses. Thank you. I think I'm done. That was great. Thank you for all those questions. I want to thank everybody for their comments and and uh, particularly particularly Vice President Huang for encouraging cross discussion, which is very nice to be able to have that. So thank you. Um, I you did make a proposal that we should consider option number one. I think that there are a couple of. Um, reasons perhaps that you've suggested that would you want to articulate those for us yeah I, uh, I I I'm not really sure on at least the current presentation of the list of IT enhancements it doesn't feel compelling to me I'd rather we just focus uh, the investments on uh, stuff we probably have a little bit more uh, view into um, in uh, you know capital improvements so um, I just don't want us to like split focus and then all of a sudden, you know, like we, we're just like shortchanged everywhere. So, um, would rather us to do something like option one. And that also allows a little bit more left in the reserves option one. Mm -hmm. Um, I would like to just second that. Um, I, I appreciate the need for all this digital, this idea for digital work across the spectrum. It feels like a huge endeavor that almost like I want to have you take a very small amount somewhere in the budget that I'm sure is hidden somewhere and um, test it and do a pilot somewhere to kind of see how does this work before investing a million dollars into it. That feels like without a very clear strategic plan on or you know set of steps, I would rather see a pilot on that. Um, and I do know our buildings are getting older and um, the chairs and now that people are really coming back to branches, I think we need more seating and we need, and I think that the, the allocation that you have in option one allows, as you said, it's under $100,000 per branch. So um, it really does allow for certain things to happen quickly and in response to what's needed. So um, any other thoughts? So just I'm excited to have the mobile wheels because those are fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what I'm hearing is that we are going to, um, we're, we're moving towards an option one. Um, so I would like to see if there was a commissioner who would like to make um, a motion. So now that I'm caught up, 
Yay. Thank you. Thank you to the staff and the commission. I'd like to make a motion that uh, we formally adopt um, for our uh, budget uh, cycle to go forward to the um, next step, um, option number one. I uh, second that. Yeah, and you do too. <laughs> okay, we have a, um, a motion from Commissioner Lomax Garducci and a second from Commissioner Lopez to um, support option one for the fiscal year 25, fiscal year 26 budget that has been presented. And I'll take the roll call. Commissioners, please, please say aye or no when I call your name. President Wolf? Aye. Pres Vice President Wong? Aye. Commissioner Lomax Garducci? Aye. Commissioner Lopez. Aye. Commissioner Bolander. Aye. The motion passes unanimously and just thank you very much to the entire team and especially to Mike for the extraordinary work. And second, or third. And second, one, second right? budget. And next year is gonna be fun because it will because it will be connected to a new strategic plan, so it will take a lot of kind of finessing. Um, but I just wanna say that um, we're so proud of how you allocate funds, how you use them. Um, it's important to note how much of the budget goes towards the staff and that I'm delighted that there is some money that you've allocated for safety issues as well as making sure that the staff that needs to be hired, there's funding for that. So just thank you for the great work you do and being incredible stewards of this important institution and the trust that the public has put into all of you to make sure the library is accessible to everyone and the dollars are spent wisely. So thank you again. Thank you all. Thank you very much for the questions. Appreciate it. We're going to be in business for another year or two. So, <laughs> Okay, now we turn to item number four, which is the city librarian's um, report. And I'm turning it over to our um, acting city librarian, uh, Maureen Singleton. Thank you, President Wolf and Commissioners. Tonight's City Librarian Report has just one item to report out on, and that's the celebration of the Lunar New Year. So tonight we have with us Hai Ching Chen, who's the manager of our Chinese Center here at the main library. Um, Hai Ching has assumed the program manager position at our center after previously being our branch manager at our Richmond branch. We are incredibly fortunate to have her leadership and her connections with our local Chinese community. And she's going to highlight for us all the cultural programming that we have slated to celebrate the Lunar New Year. Thank you. Good evening, uh, library commissioners. So after so serious uh, budget uh, uh, discussion, now we can do some celebration. <laughs> so um, uh, my name is Hai Ching Chen. I'm the uh, new program uh, manager of the Chinese Center in at Maine. Tonight, I am delighted to present an overview of the diverse programs and events planned for the upcoming Lunar New Year uh, celebration at the library. So a total of uh, 23 locations, including the main and branches, will be uh, is ho hosting system-wide line dance performance. So the library has established a long-term with the uh, Jingma uh, Academic um, Association and the performance day. Um, so that'd be great tradition enjoyed by our patients every year. So that the delicate uh, effort of the uh, you. Do they still have it? The uh, youth 
service librarian, they did a lot of work to put them together. It's totally 23 uh, locations for this year. Compared to last year, it's just 17, so which is a big jump. And um, so for the activity led by our local li uh, librarian for youth, that we have a couple of different things like dragon, dra uh, dragon craft because the year of the dragon and Chinese New Year karate and then red envelope uh, craft. That's all in different branches. You can see Ingleside, Potola, uh, Richmond, Chinatown, Low Valley, uh, Chinatown branch. And the activity for adults will be have we will have a, a parkside branch sunset, Excelsis, uh, Ortega with the calligraphy and the red envelope uh, lantern craft. And so for the all ages, we do have uh, um, a West Coast Lion Dance uh, performance, Ortega visitation, uh, dance company, Presidio, uh, uh, Main Library will have a big performance at. Uh, correct auditorium and uh, Richmond has a um, music uh, performance. So uh, at last, the library is excited to host the second annual uh, Drum Beats, uh, Heart Beats, communication, uh, communica Communities as One, a celebration of Black History Month and the Ch Lunar New Year. So this uh, event is in partnership with the San Francisco uh, Human Rights Commission's, the APA Heritage Foundation, Booker T, um, Washington, Con uh, community service center, both sides of the uh, conversation, the Chinese Historical Foundation of America, Friends of the San Francisco Public Library, and the Japantown Community Benefit uh, this, uh, District. And you can see that's a whole uh, a partnership with all different kinds of organizations throughout the city. And uh, it will schedule on February 13th at 5 p.m. in at May. So, um, so the last, uh, our com uh, communication and public affairs department has been actively sharing this information to local newspaper and media outlets. So this ensures that our community is well informed about the exciting programs, events happening at the main and contributing to the fostering uh, community engagement and culture celebration. Thank you everyone. Thank you. And that concludes the City Librarian's Report. Thank you very much. Um, uh, we, before co uh, commission conversation, discussion, and questions, we will open it up for public comment here in Coret Auditorium. Um, so item number four, public comment is now open. Peter Warfield, Executive Director, Library Users Association, Library Users 2004 at yahoo.com, and P.O. Box 170544, San Francisco, California 94117-0544. Thank you for the presentation, appreciate it. Uh, I guess I have two comments. One is what's not presented and what is uh, publicity about what is. Uh, I'm a little surprised, uh, it seems to me that um, I always have trouble with this. More than a month has, I think, already started. February already has Martin Luther King birthday. And I don't see anything about uh, this month's activities nor next month's activities uh, with respect to Black History Month, which 
sadly doesn't get mentioned very much when you say more than a month, and I appreciate that the library wants to s say that black history is celebrated and uh, uh, appreciated more than a month, but uh, not to hear the words, the name of the uh, celebration, if you like, is a little disappointing, and the content of what has been presented, frankly, last year was a little thin, and I'm concerned about it being that way now. I'm also concerned about the access to the programs. Uh, when you have a virtual program, who are the people that have the least access to computers uh, and your own city librarian participated in the city and county of San Francisco, digital uh, equity uh, plan 2019 to 23 or four. And that had some research by a survey company that said the folks who have the least access, among those who don't have access to a computer from home, those with the least are minorities, poorer people, older people, disabled people, those with English as a second or third or fifth language, and so on. Uh, so I'm concerned about the access, and in particular, I'm concerned with next uh, with Night of uh, Night of Ideas, uh, which I think had very restrictive access uh, last year, which I'd be glad to go into with anybody who'd like to get in touch, and you know how to get in touch. Uh, I'm glad for the presentation. I'd like to say that very often. Well, I haven't seen this in any location that I've been. I'd like to see this kind of stuff in the locations where somebody walking in and using the facility can see what the programs are, are that are on offer and so on, and to see them in a coherent way, perhaps by date, perhaps by theme, and not higgledy-piggledy as I've seen it in many branches. Thank you. Thank you very much. Any further public comment on this um, agenda item number four? Seeing there's no further request for public comment, public comment is now closed on this agenda item. We now open it up for commission discussion and questions. I'd just like to first, um, before we get started, Hai Ching, thank you so much for the presentation. And we're so delighted about your new appointment. Um, and that's really wonderful for um, all of the patrons of the library, so thank you. Um, I would just like to then add just one more thing to celebrate um, the Chinese New Year. And we discussed this, just I'm repeating myself here. Um, the One City, One Book is Catherine Ma this year, Chinese Groove, which is really fantastic. So it will allow the celebration of the Chinese New Year to just go on and on and on. So that will be wonderful. I just wanted to add that. Um, so thank you again to um, all the staff who participates in this. And every month there's just um, so many things happening that just keep going on. It's like reading the newsletter is so important to just stay on top of everything that happens in all of the branches. Um, and I also just want to acknowledge the friends who are often our partners in so many of these um, public programs. So we thank you for your partnership. So that concludes item number four. And we will now move to item number five, our last item on the agenda, um, which is adjournment. And we will open it up for public comment before our uh, commission discussion and um, uh, uh, vote for adjournments. Um, so once again, this is uh, adjournment and public comment here in Corret Auditorium is now open.
Peter Warfield, Executive Director, Library Users Association, Library Users 2004 at yahoo.com and P.O. Box 170544, San Francisco, California, 94117-0544. And I say that because I think it's important, even though it takes some time out of my public comment. As I've said before, I think you should not adjourn until you insist that you have an item on your agenda, typically at the end, as you have had in the past, and as many organizations in the city and elsewhere have, which is where you get a chance to say what you would like to see on future agenda items. Presumably that also gives the public a chance to chime in as well. Uh, today, during the discussion of the budget, I heard some very interesting questions and concerns which I think are great and would be terrific for expansion in a separate agenda item, as your chair, your president, actually suggested. Uh, I heard, for example, that uh, President Wolf wants to test certain things that are new, I think, in IT, she said, and that's great. I had earlier talked about where's the measurement for previous performance, and I think it's very a uh, good idea, and I think that is well worth. I think it could be expanded to talk about all kinds of other programs and other activities that the library does, and talk about what they are, how they work, how well they work, what the measures are, and possibly what your own experience tells you about how they work and what the public might tell you as well. Uh, you mentioned more seating. Absolutely, I sought with great difficulty to find a padded chair in the main library to sit down on uh, to get to read something, uh, or just rest, uh, or just uh, collect myself. Uh, I did eventually find two padded benches. Uh, I know that there are benches by the computers at near the elevators. Those have had the padding removed. Step backwards as far as a cozy or comfortable place to read. Uh, and let's talk about the seating and how do you decide and what can we provide and what do other places provide and so on and so forth. It's a big subject and what kind of seating and so on. I absolutely think that's important. Right now, the majority of the main library and many branches as well is hard wooden seating, which isn't so great for comfort for a, a while and also certain populations. So those are things I think you should expand on. And of course, I think you should talk about whether you're offering something safe and wholesome and good and useful by constant touting of essentially acting as a recruiter for tech and for social media. Thank you. Thank you very much. Any further public comment here in Corret Auditorium? Seeing there's no further public comment, public comment is now closed on this agenda item, and we now turn it over for commission discussion and action. I would just like to begin by saying that there will not be an, a me another meeting in the month of February. Our next commission meeting will be on March 21st. Um, so just wanted to make sure we're aware of that. Um, so now I turn it over for uh, commission action. Um, would there, do we have a motion from a commissioner to adjourn the meeting? I move to adjourn the meeting. And do we have a second? I second. So we have a motion from Commissioner Lopez and a second from Commissioner Lomax Garaducci to adjourn the meeting. And I'll take the roll call. Commissioners, please say aye or no when I call your name. President Wolf? Aye. Vice President Wong? Aye. 
Commissioner Lomax Ghiraduzzi. Aye. Commissioner Lopez. Aye. Commissioner Bolander. Aye. The, po the motion passes unanimously. The meeting is now adjourned. Thank you again and have a great month of February and see you on March 21st.